All right, here we go. Finally back after a long ass hiatus, or at least it felt like a long ass time. Um, that damn Darce again, Shadow Falls podcast, episode twelve, I believe. Uh, first episode of twenty nineteen. Um, took like a two or three week break because uh, if you've been listening, if you've been keeping up. Uh, the last podcast was long as hell. Um, I did like a game of the year type of type of spiel with a few different categories. Took a lot longer than I expected to go through all of that stuff. I, I actually wanted to do more categories, but that was already a long ass podcast. And uh, yeah, I know most people probably don't like listening to one person ramble to themselves for hours on end, so. Yeah, I decided to cut it short, and it still ended up almost being like two hours long. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, yeah, after that long-ass podcast, I was like, yeah, let me chill out for a bit. It ain't shit coming out anyway, as far as gaming goes. And I don't usually, you know, on this podcast, I noticed that I haven't really been talking about movies all that much. So, yeah, decided to take a break. Um, Oh, yeah, shit, the date. It's the, uh, the 7th, January 7th, 2019. Uh, Happy New Year and all of that bullshit. Um, but yeah, speaking on games and or video games in 2019 and new releases, yada, yada, yada. There's still... The year still hasn't really started yet. Um, the first two big releases will probably be uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, both of which I'm interested in. A little bit more Resident Evil uh, because, you know, I consider Resident Evil 2 one of the best, one of the better Resident Evil games. Definitely the best Resident Evil game in the old style, traditional style of Resident Evil games. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, like I said on the previous podcast, not so much. Um, I got a buddy of mine that's like really into it. And he's really excited about it. So maybe that's rubbing off on me in some weird sort of way, like uh, his enthusiasm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff can be infectious. So I'm, I am interested to see, or I, I should say I'm more interested to see how Kingdom Hearts is going to turn out after all of this fucking time. This has been like 15 years, so... Uh, maybe even longer than that, which is crazy. Um, but I hope it's good. It's the main thing. But uh, yeah, basically this episode is going to be more about uh, not anything new, just what I've been playing, a few things that I watched uh, movies-wise. So <clears throat> the last movie that I saw in the theaters was uh, Bumblebee, the new Transformers movie, um, which was not initially the plan. Uh, my brother, myself, and uh, Rain Omega, you should that you should know from the uh, Fashionably Late podcast. If you haven't heard it, check it out. My boy Rain Omega, uh, we all got up. Uh, his mom went too. We all got up and we went to go see 
we were supposed to go see fucking Aquaman, Aquaman joint, which is uh, supposedly not that bad. Haven't watched that yet, surprisingly. I don't know how it turned out, but through a sequence of events, we ended up going to see Bumblebee for some fucking reason. I had no interest in seeing Bumblebee, and honestly, I had no interest in seeing Aquaman either, but it was just like sort of something to do. So by the time we got to the theater, it was like, whatever, let's just go see whatever. And my brother suggested Bumblebee. Um, now, there will be spoilers in this podcast. So if you're not into that thing, if you're not into that sort of thing, just, you know, I don't know, fuck off, turn it off, whatever. I won't be going too in-depth. Uh... Only for the fact that I don't really remember the movie all that in depth. So <laughs> I'm not good at remembering fine details of movies, just broad strokes. So you might be okay listening. So yeah, Bumblebee. Uh, overall, I'll say that I enjoyed it and they all seemed to hate it, but I thought it was I thought it was alright. I thought it was just alright. Um so basically, Bumblebee opens up with it opens up on Cybertron, and you know there's the big war between the Decepticons and Autobots, and the Autobots are seen as uh, rebels, uh, and everybody on Cybertron is like coming after them. Um, now I forget the subplot as to why Bumblebee gets sent to Earth. I forget the actual reasoning behind it, but Optimus. Optimus Prime jettisons Bumblebee off to Earth uh, for some reason that I completely forget. <laughs> wow. So yeah, he gets sent to Earth. He gets sent to Earth. Sent to. He gets sent to Earth. And um, two Decepticon or well, three Decepticon bots are sent after him. Well, no, there's really only one. Damn, I'm. I really don't remember what fucking happened in this movie. Damn. So Bumblebee gets sent to Earth, and uh, uh, another Decepticon that looks a lot like Starscream comes after him. And they crash land on Earth. Bumblebee almost immediately lands right on top of a bunch of military dudes. And I don't know if it's like the fucking army or whatever. Uh, and John Cena's character witnesses the uh, the first landing of Bumblebee. And, of course, Bumblebee and the fucking Starscream, like, bot, they get right into it. They get into a big-ass brawl, and John Cena, John Cena's character, I don't even know his fucking name in the movie. He was just John Cena. <laughs> um, he sort of witnesses the destructive capabilities of, of these alien robots, so he's already on edge about what they can do, and yada, yada, yada. Giving him, giving him a reason to you know, given that character motivation to want to go after Bumblebee. Um, these things are dangerous, that sort of thing. So, Bumblebee disposes of Starscream quite quite easily. Uh, he kind of beats the shit out of this dude. And then, you know, the military comes after him. And, damn, I'm forgetting a lot of it. A lot of it is foggy. And a mad, like, he's 
trying to escape because he doesn't want to, I guess he doesn't want to hurt the indigenous people. That's not what the Autobots are about. Um, in his, uh, in his uh, attempt to flee, they, um, he gets injured and his memory core gets fucked up. So he gets amnesia. Um, transforms into a beetle. I forget how he actually gets away. I don't even remember. But he gets away from the military somehow, but he also forgets who he is, his name, and why he's on Earth, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he ends up in a junkyard. Cut to young girl in high school. I think she's in high school. Yeah. A young girl who has a crappy life, um, which is like, I know why movies do it, it's the, but it's the easy way out of getting you to sympathize with the girl quick. They just they want it really, really quick. This is the character you're supposed to care about. So, of course, her dad is dead and she misses her dad and, you know, she doesn't have any friends and she's kind of an outcast. She has a crappy job, no money, um, no car. All of the cool kids are extremely cruel to her. Uh, all of the pretty girls, you know. I'm using that air quotes are, are extremely cruel to her. Um, so you'll feel, feel sympathy for this character. And you know, this is the main character pretty much. Her birthday is coming up. Uh, she wants a new car. Apparently she's a mechanic. She's good with cars, which I thought was a cool touch. Always thought that originally in original transformers movies that, um, What's her name? Uh, I forget her name already. Wow, that's really bad. The, uh, the real pretty actress from the original Transformers movies, uh, Megan uh, Fox. I always thought she should have been the main character in those movies because they made more sense. She was a lot more capable than that boring-ass white dude who just whined all the time, and she was a mechanic. It would have made more sense for her to be the main character, but I guess back then, people weren't trying to hear that shit with a chick being the main character in the Transformers movie in such a big budget movie. Um, speaking of budget, you, it's, it's very c clear to me, or at least to me, to me it was very clear that this was not on the scale of a traditional Transformers movie as far as budget goes. They had, they had a few dollars to work with, so a lot of the big bombastic uh, action scenes between multiple different robots all of that shit was cut for just a few smaller scale action scenes and a smaller cast overall you know a lot less human characters and a lot less robots to deal with because the budget felt so constrained but anyway back to the story um of course the girl uh at the junkyard you know she has a crappy birthday she doesn't get what she wants Although she seems kind of bratty at this point, like kind of like complaining about, you know, but that's besides the point. Of course, she gets she ends up she ends up acquiring, you know, Bumblebee, the, uh, the Transformer, takes him home, notices that he's a robot and they have a connection for whatever reason. And at this point, the movie basically becomes E.T., um, not really a traditional 
Transformers story or a traditional Transformers movie, which is good because honestly, the Transformers movies are kind of bad. And the later the later movies, there ain't no kind of about it. Them shits are just fucking dumb. This is a lot. This is a lot. This is a lot better start. It's not great. It's not excellent, but it's a it's a good kicking off point if they want to take the series somewhere else. Um, it's not as silly. It's not as uh, sexist. It's not as <laughs> you know, just you know low common denominator humor and there's still there's still a little bit in there that doesn't work a lot of the jokes don't hit you know the stuff with her family her little brother the love interest if you can even call it that feels really shoehorned in um but for the most part the relationship between uh the girl the young girl and bumblebee it works there's you know there's some there's some decent uh, heartfelt moments between her and her her and her robot but anyway back to the story uh, I forgot where I was so yeah yeah she she gets bumblebee figure out figures out that this a robot um, and she's trying to teach him to hide and you know she doesn't want anybody to find out what he is because if they find him they'll cut him up and experiment on him and yada 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 basically ET um, and Bumblebee is so like, he's almost like a baby or a pet dog at this point. He's really completely helpless because of the amnesia. Um, and you know, we all know where it goes from here. Uh, the other two robots that are chasing him, they figure out where he is by using the humans Decepticons, they deceive the humans into helping them, and yeah, from there this just sort of falls into place as, you know, your typical uh, kid in this robot movie, all the usual trappings of that, you know, they have to evade the law, she has to help him escape, he remembers that he's a war bot and finally starts fighting back, you know, typical stuff, and then, you know, the, the heartfelt, and I'm using air quotes when I say that scene when they have to separate. Um, so yeah, overall, not a terrible movie. Um, some decent, some decent action scenes between, of course, between the robots. Transformers has always been. I always thought Transformers has been good at that, at incorporating uh, live action humans with big bombastic CGI effects in one like set piece. It's always it's always worked for me. I've never been the type to be like, oh, I can't tell what's going on. Like, no, I can follow the action pretty pretty easily. It's pretty easy for me to follow. It's always been pretty coherent to me. The problem with a lot of the action in the older Transformers movies is that there was just nothing behind it. Like, you just you didn't really care. Like, it was kind of cool to look at, but seeing Optimus beat up beat up a whole bunch of Decepticons as always. There's always a little enjoyment I get out of that, but um, yeah, context matters more than you know, anything else. Um, but yeah, uh, technically, from a tech level, this is this is on a much smaller scale. And they do they do some alright action scenes, you know, when they finally start fighting. It's, it's pretty decent. Um, 
but yeah, all in all, that's all I can really say about the movie is that it was decent. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, it had its it had its cliche moments. It had some shit in there that I, uh, you know, some shit in there that I think needs to really stop in movies. This fucking what they what they're doing with these new love interests in these movies, man, is like that dude was completely useless. <laughs> he he really did not need to be in the movie. He wasn't even like funny, you know. Like he wasn't even good comic relief. Like just nothing. So you're not funny, and you're supposed to be this dork, but he's not. He's not really like a nerd. Nerd, you can tell. He's like a. He's like this new era of like the cool nerd, um, or the good looking nerd, I should say. But he's not really cool. So I don't know. He just seemed completely useless, out of place, and he he, he really didn't need to be there. Just taking up screen time, not being funny. Not being charming, not being like like nothing. They didn't even really have a good connection, him and the girl. They were just both like dweebs, I guess. So, um, what did I like? I thought the action was good. I thought the relationship between the girl and the and uh, Bumblebee was pretty good. I thought the use of music. Um, I know a lot of people are getting tired of this, like. Uh, the nostalgia trip using old music to because it's set in the 80s um using old music to like oh this must be set in the 80s because it's playing this 80s pop hit song um i know a lot of people are tired of that but for me it still works maybe because i just like music from the 80s but i thought the soundtrack was pretty good and uh i like the use of old technology like the the, the vcr and they're watching VHS tapes. You know, Bumblebee apparently likes the Breakfast Club a whole lot. I thought that was a cool touch. Um, yeah, all in all, not a not a terrible movie. Definitely better than the last Transformers movie. Not as dumb, um, but also still not what we want. Uh, I don't know if any studio is willing to put up the bread for the movie that we want. We just want the war on Cybertron. We don't need any human characters. I fully believe that a full CGI Transformers movie could work. Just starring Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and the Autobots and the Decepticons and the conflict between those two factions. We don't need a human element. But uh, yeah, that's Bumblebee. Not a great first movie to start the year off with, but could have been a lot worse. All right, so that's 19 minutes. Um, I've been rambling now for, I really think I need to work on my movie reviews. Um, <laughs> that felt really bad. So yeah, I'm gonna take a break, play this back, see how it sounds. Hopefully it's okay. And when I get back, I will talk about Bird Box, the movie that everybody's been fucking going crazy over, either loving it or hating it. I'll give my take on it when I get back. All right, y'all. See y'all then. All right. Welcome back, people. So let's get into this bird box thing. Got my Coke here. Got my my chicken pot pie. We're good to go. Uh, I hope y'all don't mind a little bit of chewing into the mic because, um, yeah, 
a nigga hungry. Anyway, Bird Box. Uh, sat down, watched it last night. Um, finally, after all of the hoopla, after all of the buzz, I was like, you know what? Let me let me check. Let me pull up on this myself because I tend to not watch movies when they get fucking overly uh, meme to death or when they're too popular. Unless it's like a Marvel movie, some shit with some superheroes in it. I'm probably not going to watch it if the movie got too much buzz. I don't know why I'm like that, but it is what it is. And I guess Star Wars, too. But that's besides the point. So anyway, Bird Box, Sandra Bullock, Netflix horror movie. Uh, kind of seems like it was another Netflix movie made on a limited budget because of how they went about doing it. So basically, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic movie. Wow, actually said that. I'm usually terrible at saying post, post-apocalyptic. There we go. Um, well, it's kind of pre and post because you got two timelines going on. Um, again, there will be spoilers. So you have the, uh, the current timeline where it's her with two kids and she's trying to move around blindfolded. They're all blindfolded because apparently whatever happens, whatever is happening, you, you can't let whatever it is that's outside, uh, you can't look at it. Um, we, and we don't know what it is. So that's one storyline with her and the kids, uh, trying to get to, uh, trying to get from point A to point B. And then you have the pre apocalyptic stuff, like where we actually get to see it all go down and how it happened. Um, and that's very typical, uh, that's a very typical post post apocalyptic or it's happening during the apocalypse. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, uh, all the usual trappings of people being holed up in one spot. This is, you know, is very similar to every zombie movie and, you know, things of that nature. So you have that storyline going on. Anyway, let me back up. Um, Sandra Bullock's character, whose name I do not remember already. Um, <laughs> she's an artist. She lives kind of secluded to herself. Um, the movie starts off with her and her sister getting ready to go to the doctor because she's pregnant. And um, we notice on the TV that there's some strange phenomenon happening. I don't know if it's in Germany or what. I forget the actual country that they said it was in. But somewhere overseas, this crazy phenomenon is happening where people are committing mass, mass suicide. People are killing themselves, and nobody can figure out why. Uh, fast forward, she goes to the doctor, finds out that her baby is coming real soon, and is healthy, and she doesn't really want a baby. She hasn't named it yet, yada, yada, yada. She's kind of like, uh, she's really, she seems like very withdrawn from like, like normal social she seems to have a bit of social anxiety and, and things like that she hasn't she doesn't really talk to her, to her to her dad and you know we find out all of this through the dialogue her and her sister seem to get along okay though and uh but uh yeah not 10 or 15 minutes into the movie this fucking phenomenon that's happening overseas 
starts happening almost immediately in the States. Um, as they're leaving the uh, hospital, a woman just starts bashing her head against a glass wall. And uh, Sandra Bullock's character being really intuitive and smart and, you know, picking up on things. She immediately, she almost immediately knows what's going on. Like, oh, it's here and we got to get away. And her and her sister jump in the car and they're going to go to her sister's place to like hold up or whatever. Anyway, all hell breaks loose. And her sister sees whatever you're not supposed to see, starts fucking swerving in traffic, trying to kill both of them. And uh, they stop the car. Her sister gets out of the car, backs up into a truck. So she's immediately out of the picture. And, you know, Sandra Bullock, she's all distraught. I don't know what to do. Yada, yada, yada. Older lady from lower, an older lady sees that she's pregnant, comes outside, tries to help her. And she also immediately commits suicide because she sees what she's not supposed to. Um, and she just sort of steps into a burning car. She just sits down in it, which is <laughs> there's some there's some real silly like uh, there's some real silly suicides on here. Uh, very the happening in the way a lot of them kill themselves. Anyway, uh, this is where your you this is where your usual zombie apocalypse type stuff starts to happen uh she holds up in this house with all of the usual suspects that you have from the zombie apocalypse um me and my brother pointed this out at the same time because he was watching it he was watching it with me um i brought it up first i said damn they got you know they got all of the archetypes in place here and he was like you know i was just about to say that they got all of the they got all of the usual players in place like yep you got the you got the old, uh, slightly racist, anti- probably anti-Semitic, uh, uh, homophobe, uh, older white guy who's uh, really practical and doesn't want to help anybody and uh, is out to just save himself. So you got that character. You got the overly generous, uh, overly helpful to a fault, uh, but he's still an alpha male. You got that character. You've got the... Uh, really you got a few sketchy people like should we even let these people in here you know with uh fucking machine gun kelly's character and his girlfriend they seem really high strung and nervous all the time you have the uh later you have the overly uh useless female character who's always sad always crying i'm helpless i'm useless who is also pregnant uh she comes into the house later and you have the and you have the overly nervous, uh, slightly comic relief uh, black character. He's in there too. So you got all of your usual characters in place, and you got him in a very. I mean the the con. The concept is is different, but it's a really high concept. This is my problem with the movie. Um. Although I'll just say it right now, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought it was all right. Um, I think the concept is dope, but these high concept horror movies with limited budgets, um, I don't think that's a good mix. I think the higher the concept, the higher the budget you need. So trying to do this sort of thing on a limited budget, like I, 
I know it's a lot of people say that they like the fact that you didn't see the creatures, and I don't. I don't like that. Um, but I'll get to, I'll get to that later. But but uh, yeah, conceptually, these monsters or whatever the hell they are, demons or Cthulhu-like creatures, we don't know what they are um, because we don't actually get to see them. Um, you just look at them, and they're so either uh, majestic or uh, horrifying that you either go crazy or you become so inspired. I guess that's one way you can look at it. You want other people to see it. <laughs> you want other people to see it too. And it causes most normal people to just kill themselves. But different people have different reactions. Um, which is uh, another point of contention to me because like the creatures themselves past a certain point were no longer a threat. So they had to like, sort of like write in another potential threat. Like, Oh, we have to have other people affected by it in a different way to where they want people to look at it because otherwise these creatures wouldn't be dangerous at all. Uh, eliminating a lot of attention. Um, another point in the movie that I don't really like, but anyway, back to the story. Um, Sandra Bullock, of course, she gets holed up with all of these, you know, all of these characters, you know, the asshole, the nice guy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they run into your usual practical issues uh, that you have in these apocalypse movies, these zombie apocalypse movies. They are about to run out of food, so they need to make a supply run. And and then the scene that I thought was a cool twist, I didn't like the way it played out, but it was a cool idea. Like they had to just, the supermarket was right down the street, right? They only had to go like two blocks, two or three blocks, but they can't actually use their vision. So they have to uh, put a newspaper and black out all of the windows and drive like right up the street with the GPS to get to the store now that's cool conceptually again like a high concept um and a cool like clever way for the characters to be smart to like try and oh we'll just use the gps to get to the store like but still very like um what's the word i'm looking for unbelievable i don't think that that would work i don't think you would be able to even go I don't even think you will you you will be able to even pull out of the driveway without being able to see. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, it didn't really it didn't really work for me the believability, and that's a big like thing of this movie that that's uh that's that's hindering it is the believability of uh people that have vision suddenly not being able to use it like. We, we use our vision for so much and you expect people to get go through these outlandish conditions without being able to see is like you know it's a cool concept but most people wouldn't be able to get through something like that but uh yeah anyway they have to make a food run and um of course the asshole goes the, the older gentleman the uh, the love interest, the nice guy goes. Uh, Sandra Bullock has to go. She's the main character, even though she's pregnant. Um, <laughs> so they all pile into the car 
and they somehow make it to the supermarket without fail. And while they're in the supermarket, the asshole suggests that they should just stay there. We shouldn't leave. You know, we could just, you know, board this place up, which is honestly is what I was thinking when they got there. I was like, yeah, they could just stay there, you know, maybe have somebody else go back for the rest of the people. But uh, yeah, they decide not to stay. Um, some shit goes down. The uh, black guy number two dies. Uh, the comic relief guy. I forget his name. It's the same comic relief dude from Get Out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, I forget his name. He dies in a pretty like silly way, and he dies because of the other black dude, the love interest wants to fucking open door and help people all the time. There's a guy uh, locked up in the uh, supermarket and nobody wanted to question as to why he was locked up. You know, like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, they try to let him out and he's apparently crazy. Um, which in turn gets the other black dude killed. The comic relief black dude. Um, so yeah, they have to leave the store immediately at that point. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock at that point, she finds, uh, these birds and we notice that the birds start to go fucking crazy when the, uh, the creatures are around. So it's like a, it's like a warning system, um, that they notice. And I guess that's why the, the title of the movie is called Bird Box. Anyway, uh, we all know with all of these post-apocalyptic movies that eventually being holed up in one place, it's only a matter of time before it all, it all goes bad. You have one major leak and almost all of the characters besides the ones that count in the house get killed. So, <laughs> fast forward, uh, fast forward a little bit. Machine Gun Kelly's character and the girl that he's been hooking up with, they fucking take the car and just leave. We don't know what happens to them. They barely got any character de development anyway, so it was like whatever. So they just left. Uh, probably died, more than likely. Um, so you, we're left with even less characters at this point. Oh yeah, earlier we had the, uh, the Asian guy who was... Uh, who was like your, your nerdy dork, uh, archetype. He tries an experiment. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. He's going to try to look at the creatures through the cameras on the outside of his house. And not a bad idea, not a terrible idea, but the stupid part is, and I don't know why you have to do this in these horror movies. Um, with all of these apparent smart people in the house, nobody thinks that maybe somebody should maybe sit in there with him. So he sits in his office where he can monitor his cameras from outside, you know, that are set up outside of the house. He sees one of the creatures, goes crazy and fucking like, because they, all they do is tie him down, but they leave him in the room alone. Like, grown ass man in a chair. He, I'm pretty sure he can get out of it and kill himself if he wanted to. Like, nobody thought of that. So, and he, like, 
he just like tips his chair over and hits his head on the side of like this like uh it's like stone like a stone surface that's in the room he just he hits his head on that and apparently that was enough to kill him <laughs> like yeah okay so he died in a really stupid fashion but it was a good setup to show that like no you can't really trick these things like they're trying to establish the rules here so they have to show us that you know cheap tricks to get around these creatures won't work um we needed that bit of story but the way they went about it the way they went about doing it was kind of silly like leaving the guy in there all alone just to die but it is a horror movie and people ultimately have to make stupid decisions um so yeah that's how we lose him and then you know machine gun kelly and his girl they leave uh and then we lose the comic relief black dude at the grocery store. Who else did we lose? I think that's I think that's it up until this point. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward a few days later, that's when uh, the other pregnant girl shows up. Sandra Bullock lets her in. And or no, the other black guy lets her in. And Sandra Bullock takes the shotgun from the asshole because he has a gun that that's always the thing in these movies. The asshole always has the gun. Um, and she shows that, you know, she shows off that she knows how to use a fucking gun. So apparently she's uh, she's no slouch when it comes to shooting and reloading weapons and et cetera, et cetera. She knows her way around the gun, pretty much. That's established. Um, I'm probably getting a lot of this out of order because I be fucking zoning out on a lot of these weedy movie, movies, man. So... Uh, bear with me here. I know some people that probably really liked the movie are probably getting pissed off, but <laughs> yeah, anyway. So they let a few people in. They let in uh, the pregnant girl, and then they let in another guy who seems okay, but he's not. He's actually a fucking crazy person. This is how most of the people get killed, because he's crazy, and he takes all of the fucking newspaper and shade and everything, and he opens up all of the windows, and this is conveniently happening while Sandra Bullock and the other pregnant lady are both having their babies at the same time. Like they're having their kids at the same time, which is like, okay, how likely is that to fucking, <laughs> but I just chalked it up to being part of, part of the, the uh, phenomenon that's going on. Um, so yeah, almost everybody in the house gets killed. When uh, this crazy dude fucking opens up all of the uh, windows, um, the asshole who got exiled, they exiled him to the garage. Uh, he gets fucking stabbed in the chest by the crazy dude that they let in. And uh, the black guy, the alpha male, he was taken out of the picture because he got he got hit in the back of the head with like a jar or something, which knocked him out for like. The entire time everybody else is getting killed. <laughs> Just silly stuff, man. Anyway, uh, crazy guy, after killing the, the racist asshole or the bigoted asshole, um, they get into. Uh, oh, he's trying to uh, get the shotgun that fell on the ground. Him and the uh, alpha male black guy are like tussling over the shotgun. You hear two shots go off. We don't know who got killed. Uh, later find out it was the crazy guy, uh, Sandra Bullock, her love interest lives, 
and her and her love interest apparently they uh they survive for like I don't know is it like five or six years just them two together uh they don't really go into detail how they survived but <clears throat> you know they survived that long because of the kids the kids are <clears throat> the kids become much older in a lot of the later scenes they're at least five or six they can speak they can walk they can you know understand commands and uh Sandra Bullock has not named these kids yet. She just calls them boy and girl, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> um, and, you know, the uh, the alpha male with a big, big heart is like telling them, telling her, you know, you got to give these kids hope. You need to give them names and, you know, you need to be a real mom and yada, yada, yada. And yeah. Of course. He can't live because this is a uh, this is a one act show and only the only the lady can live. The marauders show up, the crazy people, <laughs> because the actual threat of the demons are no actual threat at all throughout this whole goddamn movie. Um, the marauders show up. Black guy decides to stay back and fight them off while Sandra Bullock and her two kids get away. Um, yeah, so. That happens. He kills off most of the marauders with the shotgun that he still has with uh, a full with with, with full am ammunition, I might add. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he fights a bunch of them off. Uh, she gets away. And. Oh, yeah, before that, they get like a radio call from. It's like uh, up this river, they need to go up this river to find this safe haven where people were like camped out and it's supposedly a bunch of survivors there. So that's the goal. They want to get there. Um, of course, Sandra Bullock's character, she doesn't want to leave. She thinks they're better off on their own. She doesn't know if these people are crazy and yada, yada, yada. And of course the, the, the alpha male with a large heart is like, no, we got to get there for the kids because they need something to look forward to and to live for and blah, 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 blah. So they try to leave. They try to get there. And uh, I know it sounds like I'm complaining a lot about this movie, but it's kind of working up until this point. It kind of works. Like, it's entertaining. It's not awesome. It's not amazing. But it is entertaining. Um, and it hasn't. At this point in the movie, it hasn't passed into, like, completely ridiculousness, far-fetched, like, it ain't no fucking way, until they get on the boat. Her and her two kids get on the boat, and they have to go upstream without being able to see. Uh, I'm sorry, but no. That's fucking stupid. And then they have to go through rapids without being able to see? Like, word? Like, alright, y'all whatever you say. So they go through these rapids on this little fucking rickety shaft with two kids who she had no way of training how to swim up until this point. So the kids don't know how to swim. They don't got life jackets and they go through the rapids. You know how fucking hard it is. to. And not only that, the fucking boat tips over and they all spill out and 
through through rapid fucking water, like word, like okay. Um, so at this point, I'm like, whatever. Nothing is gonna happen to these people at this point. So all their all their attention is eliminated. Um, she quite so they all spill out of the boat, right? And they just sort of just get through the rapids, through all of the rocks and the gravel and the fucking. <laughs> not to mention these kids can't swim, can't swim and can't use their eyes while doing it. Mind you, you know you got able-bodied, full-grown adults that can't go through go through rapid water while being able to see. You mean to tell me these kids made it and they can't see? Like, yeah, whatever. Big complaint of the movie right here. So she just fucking finds the kids, her kids, like super easy without any sort of problem. And uh, at this point, they just need to walk to the safe haven because it's like right up, it's like right up the hill from where they're at which i mean like let's be let's be honest here if you can get through the rapid fucking waters without being able to swim with two kids that can't swim you go make it up the goddamn hill against some against some uh some demons that don't pose any kind of threat besides like you have to look at them and the only way they can get you to take the blindfold off is by asking you they can't physically harm you in any way so at this point the movie was 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 no threat and uh yeah <laughs> that sounds like a lot of complaints but yeah man um the movie was pretty enjoyable up until that point then it got a little too far-fetched it got a little too dumb and it cleaned up a little too nicely um now i'm not saying it would have been a better movie if the kids would have died but I don't know. Maybe it maybe it would have made it a little bit more believable if she lost one of them at least, at least for a little bit longer. Like it just all fell out of the boat and it tipped over, and she just immediately found them. Like it was like it was like no threat at all. Um, yeah, by far the silliest part of a kind of a kind of a silly movie. Um, but overall, I think they did all right with a limited budget. Um, the acting is pretty good. The actors kind of sell it. Really good actors. They're kind of into it. Um, they make it believable. So, for the most part. Um, but yeah, all in all, not a, not a terrible movie. A, a little too long. I think that last section could have been like completely just trimmed. You know, and I think maybe they should have rethought her getting down the goddamn rapids without being able to see with both kids intact. I think that whole section should have just been reevaluated because, you know, we can all we all have to suspend our disbelief when when we watch movies to a certain extent. But there's also a, a breaking point that most people have. And for me. That was mine. That was just like, okay, this just got silly. Um, and uh, yeah, that was Bird Box. Whew, man, um, I I don't know what all of the buzz is about. Um, it really did remind me of a Quiet Place, though. But I I do ultimately think a Quiet Place was a bit better because uh. Which, you know, maybe that isn't fair because that's a, like a full movie production versus a 
like a limited Netflix type deal. Um, but I'm not into this whole not showing the creature thing. You got to at least show it to me once, you know, at least show it to me once. Um, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of not seeing the creature. <clears throat> I haven't been a fan of that even since the original Blair Witch Project. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of not seeing a creature, like, especially with, with such a high concept, it's something that's going to make you go so crazy. Like I kind of need to see that as a viewer. Um, we got a glimpse at it with the crazy dude. He had all these drawings that he sprawled out, uh, before he, before he, uh, he did the deed in the house, but that wasn't enough, man. I need like an effect, a visual effect. Um, they, they maybe should have spent a few dollars on that. But uh, yeah, that was Bird Box. Um, didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was alright. It was entertaining for the most part. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, I think that is going to do it for this episode. I rambled on and on about this goofy-ass movie for about 30 minutes now. <clears throat> I was going to get into... Um, I've been playing a lot of For Honor... And I've been thinking about going back and playing Ghost Recon, a little bit of Division, um, just to give my thoughts on uh, Ubisoft and its uh, post-launch game support, which I think is, is really, really strong. I think they're the best in the business that's doing it right now as far as post-launch support goes. But uh, I think this podcast is going on long enough. I think I'm going to close it out here. So, yeah, just two middling-ass movies. <laughs> I'll probably be back in a week or so to talk about that Ubisoft shit and uh, some other stuff I've been playing. A lot of stuff that I've that I, I actually, I, that I've actually flushed. Like, I started it, I get maybe an hour or two in, and then I'm like, eh. <laughs> That's been happening a lot lately. So maybe I'll talk about some of those games. But uh, yeah, until then, people, thanks for listening. I'll be back in like a week or so. Peace.